Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to uh, to the co-founders of the record NorthShore.org. That's myself, Joe Coglin, Megan Bernard, our managing editor, and Martin Carlino, our senior editor. We're all here and uh, ready to give you the breakdown of the past week of local news in your community. Um, you can find the full stories at the recordnorthshore.org. These are all supposed to be just kind of summaries of things we've covered over the past week. So we might not get to uh, all the details that might interest you, but make sure to check out our site. And uh, remember we are a nonprofit news site. Most of this is free um, for all as a public service to you guys in the community. So um, support us if you can, um, but we're gonna dive right in. We're gonna give you this breakdown in three segments. Um, we're going to do the lead story, followed by Up and Down the Shore, where we go one town at a time, and then um, our featured feature uh, before wrapping things up. So uh, starting with the lead story, and it was a big week, um, weekend and week, in terms of um, COVID-19 progress. And I use the word progress um, for the most part in a, in a very good way, as we saw um, a lot of hope and a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, first, um, a, lot, a lot of things on everyone's mind is the vaccine, um, which is now available to a new phase of um, residents, um, phase 1B, which includes essential workers, um, such as educators, um, as well as manufacturer workers, uh, grocery store workers, um, and that contingent, as well as anybody over the age of 65. So that's the good news. It is available to these people. However, the um, demand is far outweighing the supply, especially in Cook County, one of the biggest um, health departments in the state um, that uh, um, is trying to roll out schedule and roll out through um, some contractors such as Walgreens, as well as uh, some Jewel Oscos, um, as well as set up um, large facilities and do it on their own. That's taking some time. In the meantime, what we found out on Monday and what we detailed um, in a story about the vaccines is some local efforts to hasten that uh, delivery system by providing a bunch of local resources and that's broken up into a couple fields. One is um, the village of Wilmette, Winneka, Northfield and Lincolnwood um, are combining for a pilot program, not approved yet, um, but their proposal is to use area paramedics who are trained and qualified to administer the vaccine um, in um, large municipal buildings to give the vaccine and maybe even do at-home um, uh, inoculations. And uh, it's, uh, it's a detailed proposal. Um, talk to Mike Brayman with the Village of Wilmette about it. Um, he believe, he's pretty, he is confident um, that uh, they'll be able to give this a go. Um, and it's really good news for Wilmette residents. Um, I'm sorry, um, Nutria Township residents, as well as Lincolnwood, by the way, to, um, to maybe get the vaccine faster. Um, and we know it's been kind of a struggle and, and frustrating part um, as uh, supply is dwindling. So read the full details. There's a lot going on there that involves um, Resource Hospital in Evanston, that involves possibly Nutrier High School's Northfield campus as an administrative site, um, as well as maybe fire stations and, and other government buildings um, as well. So um, possibility that um, your local leaders might be able to hasten that delivery system. Yeah, and when we first introduced the topic, it almost felt like the idea of Nutrier serving as a vaccination hub was sort of unrealistic in a sense, but as we continue to move forward here, we've heard a lot of our local school districts say they're partnering with Nutrier and Nutrier is working very closely with the 
Cook County Department of Public Health in order to make that happen. And it almost seems like, I don't want to say likely at this point, but um, I think it might even be fair to say more likely than not once we start to get a little bit more of a sufficient vaccine to uh, supply um, that Nutria's Northfield campus could be a place where a large number of educators could go to get vaccinated in a short period of time. Right. And I, I you know, I, I do think Nutria um, kind of announcing that weeks ago, months ago, um, may have been part of the catalyst to, to this going on. So I think it's important for you know, residents to know that uh, their local leaders seem to be working pretty hard behind the scenes um, to make this work and do everything they can resource-wise to um, help the vaccine get out there. Um, so look for more than that to come. There's certainly more on that to come. Um, part B of this lead story, there's just so much going on right now, is the state, um, thanks to um, the, the, the vaccine slowing and numbers looking good, across the state and definitely in the region in the Nutria Township area as well. If you keep breaking it down, um, we move to tier one mitigation levels, which means indoor dining can resume. Um, so we check out that story. We got all the details, uh, how we got to tier one, how we can get to phase four, which is the next level um, and all that. Um, but it is important to know indoor dining can resume as well as things like uh, gyms with limited capacity, uh, museums, cultural centers, um, things like that, fitness classes, um, outdoor recreation limits have been lifted, um, but not every restaurant will open. We, we know that a few aren't. Um, Torino Ramen wasn't quite ready in Wilmette. Um, the Noodle and Deepo Nuevo, both owned by the Garrison family, um, were not quite ready as well. Um, obviously, that's up to each individual restaurant, but we know 501 Local in Winneka is ready to go um, at 25% capacity. So make sure to check in with those restaurants. There's a lot on the dining scene in the area. It can resume. Doesn't mean it will at every restaurant, so check it out. Um, and last big news came yesterday, um, highly anticipated by high schools across the, the state, that high school sports, um, we did know winter sports can resume, but now every sport that remains has a start date and an end date, thanks to an IHSA announcement yesterday. Um, huge news for student athletes and families and the prep sports community across the state. Um, there is a path to playing for every sport, including ones that were at risk, um, the higher risk sports like basketball, wrestling, and football. Um, if we move to phase four and we maintain that, we should get all sports this year. Limited scheduling, uh, limited opponents, um, what, we can, what we basically expect, but um, it's all there. We did a breakdown of it yesterday, talked to some local coaches as well. Check that out on our site. Um, but all of it kind of all of it does revolve around COVID-19s, as Marty likes to say, the flight of COVID-19. And um, if it all keeps going well and we get into phase four, we should play all sports. All good news, guys. Yeah, very positive. And uh, we've talked about this previously on our, um, on our other podcast, the Varsity Sports Pod Podcast. Shameless plug there. I apologize, uh, but not really. It feels like we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel with, uh, with us getting some, some direction on sports moving forward and the possibility of those returning very soon. In many cases, um, we're starting to feel like we're getting some, some positive news for a change here. So very encouraging, as you mentioned. So that's the lead story. Um, I promise you we do much more work than COVID-19 coverage, but we know it's important. We know these details both um, on the spread of it and kind of the ramifications from that. Um, whether it's progressing or regressing, um, we've got all the coverage for you, provided all 
free of service, uh, free of charge. So check all those stories out. And now we're going to move into segment number two, which is um, up and down the shore. Up and down the shore, we go town by town, kind of give you uh, kind of the latest news, kind of a story we covered in the past week from that town. And starting with Glencoe, a little COVID related, but um, they're planning events for 2021. Yeah, the Village Board met, met last Thursday night and they started to take a preliminary look at what some of their special events in 2021 might look like. And the majority of that conversation focused on the 4th of July. Obviously, we're still several months away from the 4th, um, but Village staff is sort of looking for some um, introductory direction as to how they're going to plan that event. And Right now, there's a, there's a sense of optimism, guys, and the village feels like some aspects of a traditional 4th of, Ju- 4th of July might be able to, to take place. The, the main part of that being their annual um, downtown parade. Obviously, there will be some alterations this year. They're hoping to um, increase the route and allow for some more opportunities for social distancing. And then the board and village staff also addressed the ever popular 4th of July fire- fireworks show. And it sounds like there is still some hope that that is going to take place this year. However, they're sort of anticipating that it might get pushed back a little further into the year. So maybe sometime around Labor Day um, or in early to mid-September, they'll be using, they'll be having their, uh, their ever popular fireworks show. And then they also spent a little bit time, a little bit of time on their farmer's market. They call it the French market, which they hope will return this year. It did not happen in 2020, obviously because of the pandemic, but they used some of the guidance from other nearby uh, municipalities that did have a farmer's market, such as Winneka. And then they also discussed their Meet the Machines event and Memorial Day, which also got a bit of a positive outlook and and they hope can return in 2021. So maybe some, uh, some fun, exciting local events coming back this year. I think they also noted the sidewalk sale and the festival of art, which brings a ton of people right into their little downtown hub. Um, Obviously, both of those are outside and focused for the summertime. So seeing those return this year, I think would also be huge for Glencoe. But what do you guys think about uh, fireworks in September for 4th of July? I I think that seems like a little bit more of a realistic time frame. So I'm all for it. Hopefully I'm wrong though. Maybe by July we're in a we're in a much better place and we're able to to gather outdoors in a safer capacity. But I feel like September is uh, a good estimate right now. And who doesn't like avoiding that Fourth of July ninety six degree heat or whatever it'll be? So I would I would throw my support behind it. Yeah, I just think I think it's prudent to do things like that um, if you're in a position of of a local official to. Um, have contingencies in place and, and backups and just kind of plan for the, the best case scenario as well as the worst case as well as the middle case. So I'm glad they're they're thinking ahead like this and at least planning something. I think community get togethers once we can do them in large groups are going to be well appreciated no matter what, no matter if it's Christmas in July or fireworks in September. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, unlike you, Marty, I'm a big fan of sitting in the hot weather watching fireworks on 4th of July night but I will take any type of event in 2021 that I can go to safely <laughs> yeah and I think even last year we saw a couple of towns not necessarily in our coverage area but maybe a little bit outside of our area still hold 4th of July um, fireworks or 
smaller parades or very small events in, in lessened capacities, obviously. So that possibly gives a roadmap of how it can happen. And I think it's, it's fair right now to be a little optimistic that we will get some sort of, uh, some sort of holiday events, uh, for the little bit, a little taste of it at least. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hopping down, um, from Glencoe to one town South in Winneka. Um, obviously the, the COVID-19 pandemic has informed school decisions throughout uh, the past couple years. And um, we just have an update here from D36 about in-person instruction. Yeah, we covered the Winneka Public Schools Board of Education meeting the other night. And this district has been very transparent now for several months that it's their goal to, of course, as long as they're doing so safely, to increase opportunities for in-person learning. So right now, District 36 has a plan um, where their students are split up into AM and PM pods. So half the students come in to learn in the first part of the day and then go home and learn, remo learn remotely. And then the second pod comes in and, and learns in person while they were previously learning earlier in the day um, remotely. So they discussed some options for um, moving forward and increasing those in-person learning opportunities, as I mentioned, and they administration came forward with a re recommendation to increase the learning day at Washburn, which is where seventh and eighth grade students in the district attend um, to a minimum of four hours. So right now I believe they're at three hours. So they're looking to add an extra hour, if not more to the in-person learning day at Washburn. And hopefully they're targeting the implementation of that plan sometime um, in early March or April, the dates they floated were March 8th or April 5th. March 8th is the and is the start of their third trimester. So they sort of thought that might be a good day to implement it and, and bring in some changes. And then April 5 is when they return from their spring break. So also uh, might be a good day to to work in some, some changes to the schedule. So we'll get some more updates at a special board meeting. They're planning to hold February 15th for the K through six level, if there, are, if there are any potential alterations there. But they're facing some challenges in that regard, specifically related to the state's mandated six feet of social distancing that must be in place at all times. So there is a possibility in administrator administrators mentioned this at the meeting that that six feet might get lessened a little bit by the state and by the public health department as we continue to move forward as the vaccine rollout continues as our numbers decrease potentially so if we see an alteration in the guidance from the state and the public health departments and maybe they drop it down to four feet or 4.5 feet or five feet then some of the other schools in the districts might be able to increase that in-person learning day to welcome more students in all at once. The main reason it was only doable at Washburn is because that is the only school in the district that can welcome in more students and maintain that currently mandated six feet of social distancing. So I know that was a little bit longer than maybe I hoped to explain that meeting, but hopefully <laughs> delivered the necessary details for those interested. No, thank you. Obviously everyone, um... A lot of families very interested in, in the latest updates. Um, our education coverage is something we're, we're proud of and we're consistently on top of. So uh, thank you for checking out. Check out the full story. Um, and now we're going to take a little, uh, a little skip over west to Northfield. Um, this actually has to do with a few of our libraries. We know Glencoe opened 
and uh, a couple others in the area um, want to, too. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with both the Wilmette Public Library and the Winneka Northfield Public Library District, and we got some information about when they're going to be targeting their reopening dates. Obviously, they've been closed now for several months due to the pandemic and what was in November a very significant rise in COVID-19 cases. So the Winneka Northfield Public Library is hoping to, is hoping to reopen both of its buildings February 8th. So just about a little over a week from now. And the Wilmette Public Library, if all goes as planned, is hoping to reopen February 15th. So within the next um, two to three weeks, hopefully all the libraries in the township will be um, open and back to in-person visits. Obviously, there will be some restrictions in place in terms of capacity, uh, mandatory masking and social distancing, and all those usual safety protocols we've been following for the past 10 plus months now, but some good news for those looking to get back um, and visit their library. But as we discussed in the story, obviously the libraries are also still serving the public through curbside pickups and digital collections and programming and all that fun stuff. But in-person visits might be coming back soon. Good news for library goers. Um, and you should be a library goer. Uh, great information resource in every community that uh, you pay for. So why not check you it out? You know what they say? Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Do they say that? <laughs> I, I didn't know they said that. <laughs> but I like it. You should get that printed on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> we're going to uh, jump back over um, the Eden's Expressway back to Wilmette. Um, and we got a couple stories for you. A couple updates. I know we've talked a lot in this podcast about kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and just um, some some glowing um, regression in the COVID-19 spread, but um, some tricky news, some complicated news out of Loyola Academy, where who had which had to pause its in-person learning for a week because of a, a significant rise, um, not calling it an outbreak, not calling it a spike or a surge, but a significant rise in positive COVID cases within the high school um, that they linked directly to, uh, I shouldn't say directly, but they linked to off-campus social gatherings. Um, I use my quote fingers, I know you guys can't see that, um, as well as a club lacrosse practice. So those are the two things they linked it to. Um, some harsh words from the president and the principal in a letter, um, basically calling out um, individuals um, who who kind of broke uh, safety protocol and safety measures and uh, that caused this spike uh, spike and uh, that they've uh, identified to those two kind of categories. Um, so they paused for a week. Um, they're going to reevaluate, I'm sure. Uh, they want to be back by February, uh, by this next Monday, but um, they did have to pause in-person learning. So while uh, we're all gearing up for, for sports to start and hopefully moving into phase four, we do have this hiccup uh, in one location. We hope it doesn't go any further than that. Check out that news um, that broke on Friday. And then more news out of Wilmette um, from their village board meeting. Um, they filled their human relations commission, which might sound kind of like um, benign um, everyday um, action for a governmental board, but it's not. It's really not. Um, the, the village board, or I should say just the administration and the village as a whole, has been working to fill certain resident commissions, um, especially their social justice commissions, which are their housing commission 
and their Human Relations Commission. Um, and uh, they did an administrative review um, and they really kind of promoted and searched for candidates, but they really didn't need to search much because as soon as they started the process, they started to get applications, um, what they call talent questionnaires. Um, and they got uh, over 30 for the Human Relations and about 20 for the um, Housing Commission, which is more than they've seen in years. Um, and they only had seven spots to fill. So they actually had to do a review of the candidates and some interviews to see who would fill. So they've got some really talented people. Um, you know, for the Housing Commission, they've got affordable housing professionals um, coming on board as well as advocates. And for the Human Relations Commissions, they have people with a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, it's a diverse group. Um, that's supposed to inform village decisions when it comes to um, equity and uh, inclusion in the village. Um, so as we know, um, the North Shore um, is, uh, is not a very diverse place. Um, we're talking 80 to 90% white. Um, and uh, they're hoping to just make it a welcoming place, make sure they're doing everything possible to uh, make it inclusive and welcoming. And these individuals, these residents, um, will inform those decisions both on affordable housing and for um, general in a general civic nature. Um, so those boards, if approved next week, which it should be in the Human Relations Commission, um, will be fully stocked and ready to go. Um, so pretty cool story. Check out some of their backgrounds. We should have all the links and the stories up um, on the Wilmette page on our website. So cool story out of Wilmette. And that is up and down the shore, um, taking a walk up and down the shore with us. Thank you very much as we went town by town. And uh, we're going to move on to our third um, segment, which is our featured feature and a couple who uh, stayed busy to help themselves and help others uh, in during the pandemic. That's right. That couple comes out of the village of Winnetka. It's Matt Friedman and Melissa Novak. So when, obviously when the pandemic pandemic hit, everything closed down and that was including, you know, the local gyms and everything. So these two fitness trainers welcomed, um, you know, their previous customers, friends, family, actually into their backyard over the summer, into the fall to social distance, work out all of that good stuff. When it, uh, you know, started to get cold in the fall into the winter, people started, <laughs> I mean, they continued to still show up and they wanted to work out with them. They wanted an outlet um, a local outlet, I should say, you know, to burn some calories, to see some people at a safe distance. Um, obviously this wasn't feasible once the uh, snow started to fall. So this husband and wife team actually launched their own fitness. Um, they call it a fitness hub. It's a fitness website. They also have a book paired with it. It's called revolution U and they film on demand workout classes inside their Glencoe home. And for $20 a month, uh, you can access all of their videos and work out alongside with them, you know, over the screen and everything like that. But they're trying to find a way to, you know, still incorporate a daily workout at a safe distance th through uh, online virtual classes. And uh, they're succeeding in it. They're finding really good results and people are really liking it. Yeah, pretty cool story. Um, neighbors helping neighbors and um, getting through um what's been a tough pandemic for everybody. So um, cool story. Thank you, Megan. Um, and that's it. That is the show. That is the North Shore News Week. Um, we do always like to finish by giving you a peek ahead. And we do have a few stories um, just about ready to go that you should keep an eye out for. Yeah, we've got some coverage coming up of previewing a, um, a topic that has made its way around a couple of our villages. And that being the discussion of 
uh, adult use cannabis. And on February 4th, so next week, the village of Wilmette is going to hold <clears throat> its first discussion on the sale of adult use cannabis in the village of Wilmette. They um, had a non-binding referendum on the ballot in November to sort of feel how to sort of feel out how the community um, would receive the idea of adult use cannabis sales. And it did seem like there was a uh, majority of residents who did favor the sale of adult use cannabis or having dispensaries in the village of Wilmette. So now we're gonna start to see village officials officially start to discuss possibilities, discuss um, zoning code amendments and special use permits and all the, the rules and regulations that would go into it. So that's definitely gonna be a topic we're going to follow very closely with the first discussion of it being this week, um, this upcoming week, I should say. And then we've got a feature on a Loyola Academy graduate who's been in the news, no pun intended, um, recently. So real fun story there. Okay, yeah, just that and tons more coming in the next few days. Um, in the next week, we're, we're on the case for you guys. So Stay tuned to the record northshore.org for all your needs. And of course, if you ever got a tip or a story idea or just want to tell us how much you love this podcast, uh, you can email newsroom at the record ns.org to contact us at any time. So thank you for listening. Um, hope everybody's safe and sound and, and doing well. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>